0: Beneath the clothes we find a man and beneath the man we find his nucleus Hello, everybody, and welcome to A Hispanard. This week is going to be a little bit unique in that uh, you're going to get to hear some conversation that I had, or a conversation that I had with uh, the Miss A Hispanard, uh, my lovely wife, who I got to interview and/slash have a conversation with. Uh, This episode, as you can see, is titled Tales from the Parkside. Uh, She and I got a chance to go play together um, at Disneyland and uh, just hang out and enjoy time together without the kiddos, which was super nice. You know, not that we don't like the kids being with us. We do. They're they're fun, but it's always nice just to have a, a day out together so we did that you'll hear that you'll hear a brief um we we made some friends along the way (laughs) you'll hear uh, a brief conversation with them um hopefully they are doing well some very nice canadians i think it was a mix of canadians and american uh, uh friends slash family that were hanging out that we um Got to go on the Millennium Falcon ride with. That was pretty fun. Um, So, yeah, you're going to hear that at the uh, end of this episode. Um, But I will go ahead and talk about The Last of Us, which will be the majority of the nerd talk. Well, actually, there's two things that I want to talk about. I want to talk about The Last of Us... And I want to talk about... Um... The Flash... Movie trailer... The Super Bowl was this past Sunday... And typically that's when they drop... A bunch of... Uh, different trailers... And... I do want to go over some of them... But... It, in this... Episode... I want to specifically just... Kind of talk a little bit about the Flash... Um... Trailer that came out... I... Uh I'm so conflicted. I don't like Ezra Miller, not because he's a bad actor, but because of all the shenanigans and uh not just the run in with the cops, like you know, that's whatever. You know, celebrities have run in run ins with police often enough that it's not a weird thing anymore. It depends on what the situation is. You know, sometimes maybe they've joined a protest or, uh, yeah, or, you know, there's some allegation and it's got to get figured out and they got to go to court or it's drugs or, I don't know, any number of things. But with Ezra Miller, you know, it was really disturbing behavior uh towards others. Uh you know, there were what what's the word? Allegations of of grooming an underage person, kidnapping an underage person, acting out in various places, you know, uh threatening people physically. Not that the guy is threatening, but you know, that's what he was doing. Um there was even, I, I think, if I'm getting this right, I think there was even uh, a but new story that had come out that he had gotten punched out by the kid that played uh, Elvis in this new Elvis movie. Don't know if that's the case or not. But, um, you know, that's uh, allegedly, as they as say. Uh, you know, the guy was just an absolute mess when it comes to his personal life and also really disturbing, you know, allegations on top of that. So that really just put me off to wanting to see anything with him. It doesn't mean that there's not redemption in the future. I believe that people can turn their lives around. I believe restitution can be made as long as, you know, it's not something like murder or sexual abuse of a child or something you know something really just heinous uh, I think uh, you know people can make amends and 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 come back and they should be allowed to you know as long as it's not something that is you know something like I described earlier Um, but that being said not ready uh, to go enjoy a movie with this guy in it so it was a real bummer to to see the Flash trailer. Not all of it looked good to me, but there was enough in the trailer that looked like it's going to be a lot of fun that I'm bummed out that I'm, you know, purposefully going to sit this one out. Now, when it makes its way over to HBO Max, I you know, we have HBO Max, I'm sure that I'll catch it then. I just don't really want to give it any dollars at the movie theater. Um, and the, you know, that's that's the my way of protesting the whole situation. Um, my thoughts on the trailer: some of the CGI looks really bad. The special, uh, the the slow mo special effect portion did not look good. I brought that up with Kenji. He said, you know, they could still be working on it all the way up until you get, you know, a week before the release of the movie and they could improve things massively. But to tell you the truth, even if the CGI is not, you know, spectacular, if it's very clearly, noticeably CGI, it's not like there's not a ton of movies that have that issue anyway. And you can forgive it if the story's good. So that might be the case with this one where the CGI is not great, but the story is actually so good that it holds everything up in place. One thing that I thought that was the most intriguing was seeing Michael Keaton back again as Batman. That was actually, you know, there's something in me that was like a kid in me. It just brought back, you know, nostalgic feelings I did think it was a weird, odd choice that the Batman that I grew up with, you know, the the 1984 Tim Robbins Batman, that that Batman would not make changes to his, his outfit, you know, throughout the years to kind of not bring him up to speed because I do like that classic look that was created uh, for the Tim Burton movie. But I feel like his age and, you know, I don't know, moving forward with design, which uh, Batman is kind of like Tony Stark and he's always tinkering with, you know, the suit. I thought you would see a little bit of that. Like you could keep most of the iconic aspect of it but maybe give it a little bit more mechanical look, uh, something that would help Batman adapt with his age, because if they take the cowl off, it's going to be Michael Keaton, who's his age now, not Michael Keaton from the past, I'm assuming. I could be wrong on that. They might use de-aging technology on him, and so we could be dealing with the Batman from way back in the day, which... That would be an odd, you know, decision story-wise. I think, but uh, you know, it was cool to see the Flash going. Your, your, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm Batman." I mean that that was pretty sweet. Um, uh, to see Batfleck back in there. There's a rumor that. Christian Bale's Batman is also going to make an appearance, so you're going to have at least three Batman, two Flashes played by the same character, and a Hispanic Supergirl that looks nothing like Kara, you know, that we've known, that we've come to know and love. That's another miss for me right there. And not, you know, I'm Mexican, so it's not racism. I I just don't, uh, at this point there's no precedent for it so i don't connect with you know this person specifically could krypton have their version of a mexican Sure. i mean you know it looks like krypton had basically your run-of-the-mill human being and all the variations along with coming to our planet and then Getting superpowered by our sun, so their physiology is different than that. I kind of never really got that one. I I f- I feel like it would have worked out a little bit more if if uh, Superman was a little more alien than he currently is. But again, whatever, it's fine. So you know, there's things about it that look interesting. Um, the fact that the Flash makes a decision to go to universe a universe where his mom is still alive and that that somehow breaks the space-time continuum and makes an allowance for Zod to have never been defeated, had his neck broken, become, you know, uh, you know what's-his-face that, dis- that kills Superman and Batman v. Superman. Um, it's interesting that they tie it back around to that and that this movie is going to close out the current DC universe. that's also interesting. but uh yeah, like I said, there's not enough in there for me and there's not enough I can't get over the Ezra Miller of it all uh I- enough to go, you know, check it out. And with that, I guess you know in the in the theme and in the uh yeah in in, in theming with that. I wanted to talk about The Last of Us. Um, I never got a chance to really do a full in depth review. I talked about the first episode and how much I liked it. And I will say right now that, uh, episode one and two I thought were, uh, they knocked it out of the park. I thought the story was humming along really well. The tension was great. The stakes were great. You know, the, uh, the la- uh, the loss of uh, of, of Ann Torv's character Tess was great. Everything was going really good and then you get to episode 3 and it's a screeching halt. Now, mind you, I've never played the games. I don't know the progression of the story. I just know that uh, all of a sudden introducing the situation that they did in episode three was it, i i was not expecting it and it was not uh, a comfortable episode at all uh, for a lot of reasons one it didn't move the story forward in any way and the story is joel and ellie that's the story the story is these two people finding each other against each other's wills bonding together uh joel finding what he lost in the fact that you know he lost his daughter sarah before you know right when right when the pandemic struck and every the world went to hell on top of all that he loses you know his daughter that he loves very much and now he gets a second you know bite at the apple with ellie and he doesn't want to go through all that again. He doesn't want to care about somebody that deeply. I think it's a fantastic setup. you know, and of course the the twist on the on the zombie um, you know the zombie uh, uh, mechanism, you know with the with these the Cordyceps, uh fungus, you know taking over people. I thought that was great too just the creature design is great the directing was great all of that was great and then episode 3 you get an episode about two men who find love in the apocalypse and it just completely it just you know creates a screeching halt to the whole situation and then from there it doesn't get any better for me so you know episode 3 was being uh uh, heralded it as an amazing episode and it was getting massive kudos online and people were like you know this is great storytelling and they were uh, touting how how many views it got it to me it was uh, not only was it a screeching halt like i said before but it was also a story that had no redemptive quality for me um you have a a prepper I believe his name is Bill, who has been waiting for this moment, you know, for the world to go to hell in a handbasket. And when it finally happens, he's like the only guy who's fully prepared, fully stocked, already has the skills, um, you know, has, knows how to make his own ammunition, has guns, is raising animals. He, He has all of the tools and skills to be able to survive on his own while the world falls apart and he has no interest in helping anybody else in fact he fortifies his location uh to such a crazy extent you know that that anybody who comes knocking at his door is going to um suffer the consequences of that which in fact you get to see one of the infected in fact does suffer the consequences of that uh, it's m- the only moment in the whole show that I thought was pretty funny, uh, and you know, and a lot of that has to do with the the fact that it's uh, Ron Swanson, uh, <laughs> basically. Uh, it, you know, it, it's Ron Swanson, and what Ron Swanson would be like in the apocalypse from uh, Parks and Recreation, and um, so you know, you're seeing the day a day in the life of this guy all by himself. Then all of a sudden, he gets. I believe he gets an alert that uh, something has fallen into one of the uh, various holes that he's dug in the ground to, you know, capture infected. And sorry about that. He goes over, takes a look, finds a human male in there. You know, it looks like he's about to shoot the guy, but uh, the guy convinces him that he's not any trouble at all. So he lets the guy out of the hole inexplicably allows him to get, to go back into his comp- compound. Um, you don't really understand why uh, Bill lets his guard down, or at least I didn't, didn't make any sense really, particularly because of, of how, uh, what's a word, uh, paranoid the guy is shown to be. But he lets this other guy in his house, lets him take a shower, cooks a dinner for him, And then ends up singing him, you know... For all intents and purposes, sings him a song, basically. And love blossoms from there. And then you see that they start to share a life together. And it's fairly graphic in moments. definitely uncomfortable, you know, uh, for me anyway. But uh, after that, it just kind of falls into the mundane. And then you see one person who is now pretty much has everything that he wants he's a prepper and he's got somebody to share his his prepping and his isolation with but it's not enough for the other person the other person wants to expand and you know have company over which is how Joel and Tess are introduced to them and you see that Bill is never ever happy with anybody ever coming over that arrangement um and then it you know the story progresses the years pass and at some point and i can't remember his name the i don't know if the guy's name's Frank maybe Frank and Bill but uh Frank develops some kind of debilitating disease we we're never told what it is we don't know if it's cancer or something else but basically he is wasting away and someone who was once healthy and strong and was able to help is now a burden on Bill. At least that's the way that, you know, it's shown. And uh, and while in some sense, yeah, he is a burden, in another sense he brings a lot of value to the table just by the fact that he's a thinking talking human being that is able to provide ideas and conversation and company you know but uh, we're made to believe that the decision that he makes in the show is the right one and it is it is the one with dignity which is actually the thing you know there there's two things that really, bothered me about this show and and it's the reason that i'm i'm jumping off board well maybe three things actually but it's a reason that i'm not going to finish out the the series um it just doesn't it doesn't have the thing that i'm looking for so in this particular case you know frank decides that he wants to go out on his own terms he doesn't want to be a burden to bill anymore which again that kind of writing to me is just idiotic you know if you're already an isolationist who is in a you know apocalyptic world um the value that you would provide even if you can't help around the house just being able to communicate and talk and laugh and read together and it it's insanity to me it's insanity me to me that uh that the writers would think that this is a good idea to go forward with on the story but uh he frank tells bill what he wants to do he wants to kill himself and then he lays out how his last day how he wants his last day to be somehow inexplicably he gets bill to agree to all of this you know he's going to take a massive and by the way major spoilers he's going to take a massive amount of pills that are going to cause him to fall asleep and then cause his body to fail and then he's going to die and he wants to have a last great meal with bill then he wants bill to take you know frank to their bed to lay down next to him to hug him while he passes away bill agrees to all of this and the reason bill agrees to all of it is because bill decides that he's going to go as well which again another inexplicable thing I totally get it. The guy was ready to live his entire life alone. And then this other person comes into his life. And now he can't go back to the way that he was before of, of going, you know, going at it alone. I wish the show had, you know, deviated to the idea that, uh, that Bill stays with Frank until Frank passes away. And then, Bill dedicates his life to helping other people. Now that he's got nothing to lose, he can go out and, you know, roam out into the greater world, finding people, picking them up, bringing them back to his basically his town that he's that he's fenced that has everything that people need in order to survive. I wish the story had gone that route, but instead, the story goes, well, Bill says there's nothing left for me here you're dying, you're the person that I love, so I'm going to kill myself along with you. And then Frank says, you know, I'd be angry, but that's just so dang romantic, and I can't be mad at you for it. And I'm like, what? What are you talking? That's insanity to me. So, yeah, that's the decision that both men make, to go ahead and selfishly, take themselves out of the world and uh, and to you know the world be damned and anybody that needs them be damned and it's just it's the most selfish idiotic move that I can think of so episode three left a terrible taste in my mouth I almost bailed on the show then and I thought okay well you know maybe it's going to get back on track and the show is going to continue on with the story of, you know, developing this relationship, this father daughter relationship that will um, be redemptive in a world that is, you know, gone to hell in a handbasket. And that's not the case. So, episode four finds uh, Joel and Ellie, you, you know, and that, and episode three is basically all of that is to tell you how they got the car that they end up going traveling to cuz they're on their way to Wyoming to find Joel's brother that has gone dark, you know, they can't he he can't raise him on the radio and and he's worried about his brother. So anyway, episode 4 finds Joel and Ellie traveling to Wyoming. They get to a certain city where uh, they can't go through, so they have to go around, which causes them to go into the city where they get ambushed Joel has to kill a couple guys and they've lost their car so now they're on foot and in the midst of all this you end up being introduced to the leader of the city which that was a head-scratcher to me it's a soft-spoken you know slightly heavy woman that I don't understand and and not in episode four and not in episode five are you ever given a reason why these hardcore militaristic looking guys would be taking orders from her you just there's i she's not there nothing gets established that she's like a scientist or some kind of charismatic politician or some some kind of leader, you know, it's never shown that she's some kind of leader in some way that would automatically make you understand, like, of course, of course she's leading these hardcore SEAL Team 6 style guys that are, you know, super capable. None of that gets explained or shown in episode 4. None of it gets explained or shown in episode five and she ends up dying a grisly death along with the rest of these very, uh, capable looking men. It's a very strange, you know, episode four was disappointing. Episode five was even more disappointing. And the thing that topped it off for me for episode five, the thing that just made me go, well, I'm, I'm out was, uh, this little sub story because it they have every episode has a little sub story that they're telling you and it's a sub story about humanity and about the nature of humanity and so you see in episode five this father and son you know and and it's a disabled son the son can't uh he can't hear so everything is communicated through sign language and you know so so you see this this father that has done everything and anything to keep his son alive to take care of his son he ends up you know connecting with joel and ellie and they work out a deal where this father will get them out of the city because they're being hunted uh by i think the leader's name is kathleen who is also hunting i believe the guy's name might be sam and his son and um so she's hunting both of them so it benefits them to get together and you know joel is the muscle and sam has the understanding of the city and knows where you know where to go and uh so you you are given the background story as to why things have happened in that city that they're in and why this guy is being chased after but again you're never given an explanation as to how kathleen could possibly have taken control of this group and is the one that's calling the shots and um as the uh, as the four the little boy his dad joel and uh, ellie are on their way to 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 actually making their way out they get ambushed uh joel ends up killing the guy that that's got them pinned down but he's already radioed kathleen her and all these mercenaries arrive and you know it gets very dramatic very fast and then just as quickly it gets wild with all of these infected which they travel underground somehow like uh, like gophers it's really weird I still don't really have an understanding of how that actually works but you see them create a sinkhole and then they just pour out like crazy you know uh, ch- a chimpanzee on a rampage just attacking these guys in particular they did have a really cool shot where one of the cordyceps infected you know creature people comes out of the hole and it's like a giant orc like thing it's bigger than the other ones it's very strong I don't understand how that works but um you know this thing is tearing everybody apart and uh but it, that's not the thing that takes Kathleen out that's the thing that takes her her second in command out she gets taken out by this uh, I would say maybe a 12 13 year old infected kid thing um so anyway, in the mayhem of all that, uh, the four that we've been following in this in this current story, they end up escaping. They make their way over to an abandoned house where they hole up for the night. And Ellie and the boy are in one room, and the you know the parents essentially are in another room. The boy shows Ellie that he was bitten. It looks like on his leg. And he's asking her, you know, do you stay yourself when you become the monster or are you, or do you just lose yourself? She ends up cutting her hand, rubbing her, she's allergic or, or not allergic. She's immune by the way, to the, to the mushroom, uh, to the infection, the cordyceps infection. We just don't know why she is yet, but she ends up cutting her hand, rubbing her blood into his wound, hoping That that will transfer over the immunity. And she promises to stay awake with him throughout the night. And instead... She ends up uh, waking up to an infected boy. Little boy that attacks her. The dad kills him. You know, and then turns a gun on himself and kills himself. And after that I realized I was out. I just... I can't do this. Like the people in the real world right now are monstrous to each other in many ways, but man, I have a really hard time believing that if things got really bad that we wouldn't join together to try to, you know, not only survive, but to thrive. And I just, I I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't watch something that is sending the wrong message constantly at least to me and and the way that i see things and there's no redemptive quality to it uh you know that i wish that i wish that the show would do the opposite and that you would get a little bit of, of ray of sunshine you know where ellie's trick ends up working and the boy is able to you know, recover somewhat because it was so early, because the infection was so early in in its stages that her blood is able to con- counteract it. But uh, no, instead, you spend all this time with these two people just to watch them both die. I mean, what's what's the point? You know, like we don't need to be reminded that the world is harsh. You know, the 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 show has done a great job of establishing that in the first and second episode. But then it's just, it's relentless in letting you know. And then it also, on top of that, doesn't really make much sense uh, in how things progress. So, yeah. For those reasons, I am so the last of us, I will not be continuing forward with that or with season two. And then I heard season two and the rest of maybe season one, it's just going to go into, you know, areas that I'm not interested in stories that are not for me. So, um, with that being said, it's like Sandman, like the Sandman, the stories that they're going to tell in and season two, they're just not for me. It's just not, it's not my, uh, my cup of tea. So I'm out. And uh, so anyway, there you go. If you are interested, I hope that uh, I didn't spoil too much if you're interested in watching it. And if you do watch it, I hope that it ends up being your cup of tea, but it was not mine. So with that, I want to say thank you guys again. Um, I'm going to go ahead and tack on, like I said, the conversation that I got to have with the wife. And the interview, interviews that I got to do while I was uh, at the Magic Kingdom. I hope you guys enjoy that little slice of life. And uh, otherwise, I will talk to you uh, soon. So thank you guys. Uh, eat your vegetables. Drink your water. Take your vitamins. Love you. I'll talk to you later. And uh, like I said, uh, there's more after this. Talk to you next week. Bye. All right. So my question is Marvel or Star Wars? Star Wars. Why? It's what I grew up on. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know Marvel until the new stuff. So I like the old Star Wars. Okay. So yeah, that's my other question. How do you feel about Mandalorian and the new Ahsoka show? The things that are, they're bringing through Disney plus as opposed to like the previous prequel movies or the, the previous three, uh, trilogy movies uh, i've only watched the first season of mandalorian so and again it's good but i it, to me it's not as good yeah so you did you like like force awakens and all that stuff better oh yeah oh okay yeah okay cool yeah all right awesome and what about you and sorry i should have gotten you guys names Well, well what's I'm, your name i'm craig lexi lexi uh probably star wars star wars wow okay And and why star wars better trilogy like i just like the plotline of it more yeah that's shocking like oh okay well that's good star wars or marvel
1: i've always been a star wars fan because again same thing grew up on it but i'm becoming a marvel fan i don't know there's something about it that's just the storyline and it's the humor and i don't know i'm becoming a marvel person too
0: wow this is really shocking to me. thank you guys this is thank you i appreciate it so we did talk about it with you let's say your name so my name is clinton all right, Glenn, and, and you said uh, Star Wars or Marvel? Star Wars. A- and why? Because right from when I've been a
1: little kid, I've always wanted to be able to go into outer space. And being a Canadian, that's a lot harder to do, to join up with NASA or anything like that. So that's all I got into scuba diving because you're So uh, oh, That is a totally different environment. It's like being in outer space when you see that stuff.
0: All right. So, along with the star, I mean, with the, the whole stars and outer space thing, how do you feel about Star Trek? Um, I prefer the Star Wars still over Star Trek. Yeah. I mean, don't you feel like Star Wars is more dangerous? Like, Star Trek feels very like, you know, you're in a Federation. You've got like, uh, you know, some structure. Star Trek Trek actually feels it's
1: uh, very diplomatic. And that's why I am the original Star Wars and not the other ones, because they have more politics, more diplomatic. All
0: right. So then within the Star Wars. Would you rather be... Uh, a smuggler, or would you rather be a Jedi? Smuggler. Tats <laughs> <Hands> down. <laughs> nice. All right. All right. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate that. Hello, my love. Hello. Thank you for being on A banner. This is the first for me. <laughs> so, as you guys can hear, we are at uh, the happiest place on earth, celebrating uh, okay. early and not. Being like all those other schlubs who do it on the day of and pay exorbitant prices for a super teeny tiny uh, steak or chicken or some other high uh meal that uh, does not, uh, you know, really, uh, you know, uh, what am I trying to say
1: here? Uh, Doesn't need- satisfy your appetite. You could you don't need to insult. You could just <laughs> celebrate. That's part of what A.S. Bannard is. We're about insults.
0: Sure. So, we're about to get on the Jungle Cruise and I just said something that completely shocked you. I said that I've never been on this attraction at night before. Why
1: is that surprising to you? You've been on it at night multiple times. But the children. How do you feel like this is a daytime attraction? You're definitely, you're definitely. You really can't see a lot of that. Then, then why would people go to the ride at night? You no, know, it's got a different feel. And they, and they shine the lights on things and, you know, jokes. They just fall differently in the darkness. <laughs> Is
0: it scarier at night?
1: That's how old you are, yes. <laughs> it's can <happy>. be <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's wild to be like, I, I was thinking about it right after I, I said that to you, that uh, I'm not really sure uh, what attractions I only do during the day and what I only do at night time. But uh, I'll give you an example. I don't feel right about doing haunted magic during the day. That's weird. Yeah, I only like doing uh, like I think it's best to be uh celebrated but, and done at night.
1: I hear you saying, but once you go in, it is night.
0: You know. Well that's true. <laughs> they, they do a great job, but doesn't it really like play up the illusion yeah. when you go ahead and, and you go at night and then all of a sudden you're still at night and now, you know, it it really like helps the ambiance. It's true. With this one with uh cruise. Careers. I just uh hadn't even thought about it until right now, and you know the whole reason we're here is because uh Mansion was closed down, speaking of that, what do you think of the landing pass? What do you think of that whole system right? I'm really confused by it. As I was telling you earlier like this just be right like we should
1: be able to buy a package like we said earlier, oh, it's confusing the whole thing is confusing they should come out with um more clear. More clear what? instructions, Glen Or is it just because we have not... Uh, no, I mean, it, it shouldn't... We, we shouldn't know... It should be easy to find... <laughs> so...
0: <laughs> Sorry, we're having <laughs> a little bit of a of a difference <laughs> of where things should be. <laughs> but then, this is for the... It's fine, leave it <laughs> All right, so we're in the... Uh, 2023, what's your uh, favorite movie of the year so far? <laughs> what up with that face? <laughs> oh, you know what? Tell the people what movie you go back to all the time. What's what's that movie that you love with the Amish people?
1: Oh, uh, what's it called? Yeah, it's, it's not Amish people.
0: I mean, that's what it seems like. It seems like Amish people.
1: Not even close. It's not either, oh. too. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, right. <laughs> oh, <already>. all right
0: all right <laughs> only on saturday so we are officially on the attraction
1: okay, should take a break?
0: uh we will take a break yes let me give me one second though break. let me uh let
1: me take a break right
0: wait what's it called again? you're already on
1: the movie i like
0: yeah It's
1: called sweet land sweet land that's yeah, a little slow about two English people. Okay.
0: From Switzerland. Her. <laughs> who hate each other at not, the beginning. Not even be close. But that. then she starts to cook chicken and then he falls in love with her.
1: Wrong countries. Big enough for the <laughs> plot. Uh,
0: so my wife loves it so much that she's bought it at least three times. And that's in theory, right there. <laughs> well. We did Valentine's Day, Jalen, at the happiest place on
1: earth. Uh, a, not on Valentine's Day. Yeah, not on Valentine's Day. A Pre-Valentine's. We call this uh, a day date without the children. And thank you. I'm going to title this episode Tales from the Parkside.
0: Because <laughs> I'm really good with titles. <laughs> so I feel like that would uh, be a good one. And you know you'll be sprinkled in along with uh, entertainment news as well. So, speaking of entertainment news, on a scale from one to ten, how excited are you about Ant-Man: Wastemania?
1: A solid five, six, (laughs) six and a half. Solid six and a half. Wow. There you go, folks. Ah, Well,
0: how would you rate Ant-Man one and two? Like, what what do you think, Ant-Man? So actually, I actually
1: I actually really like Ant-Man.
0: We have a sombrero. Uh, rating in yeah. a Hispanic, it's, it's uh, one sombrero is not good. Okay, five sombreros is excellent. Yeah. Uh, what What is What would be your sombrero rating for Ant Man One?
1: I would say five.
0: Wow, uh, that is a high sombrero. What did box. you give it? I think. Uh, I think I gave it four sombreros. Not a perfect movie, but a great no, movie. No, it's not perfect, but I mean. But five sombreros, I mean, they, that's pretty good. Like, don't go back on your sombrero on I my mean, count.
1: was five perfection. I thought you said
0: great. Yeah, I mean, five is perfection. So <laughs> you want to change You want to change your sombrero count? That's well, okay. okay.
1: And what about uh, uh, Ant Man and the Wasp? Ant Man 2. That was good. I would say four. Four on that one? I like the first one a lot. And the second was still good. I would I give I think the second one, I would give the second
0: one like uh three and a half some girls because honestly I feel like I needed more uh Miguel in the movie. which is his uh everything does. Yeah, yeah, I agree, one hundred percent. That dude uh, just rocks. Now I think there's a lot of things that I might like about the third one, but I do know that Miguel is not in the third one. In fact that entire crew is not part of the third one so that's kind of a bummer um not that i don't love scott lang and hope van dyne because scott lang's daughter grown-up daughter i can't remember her name Whoa, something's going on over there but that's off the freeway right
1: Yeah, you,
0: my wife gives me not so subtle signal to get over uh into free navigator carpool yeah she's uh, she's my navigator uh let's see we are watching some kind of i don't know police and and possibly what what is that ambulance yeah. Yeah. right but it's up above the freeway on one of the uh bridges S- yes overpass yeah. there mm-hmm. we go yeah so uh from one to five your overall overall rating for today at the park
1: i would have to give it solid time. Sorry. Wow. My husband planned out a day and figured out child care. Didn't stress me about leaving on time. And let me take care of the chores of the children first. And then it was a no stress, no pressure day. And we got to Talked to a lot of people. We ran into some people. Made friends. Made made new friends. Saw old friends. Yeah. So it was a very interesting day. Had a good time. A lot of variety. And... All right, so let's... hang out with you. Thank
0: you. Yeah, thank you. Let's go through it real quick. So we... Do I need to? Yeah, yeah. Real
1: quick. Real quick.
0: (laughs) Tales from the Parkside. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we had, for the first time, a loaded potato at Disneyland. at a place
1: that i didn't even know existed did you know that place existed but no no i mean i think i've seen it but i've never been over there or tried it
0: so right before folks you enter into toontown over on the left hand side where currently they are running the lion king show there is a place called something tavern i don't remember the first part of the name but it's this small building and you know i was talking to the guy that uh <laughs> there's a, a fella that was in front of me that was waiting uh, i got a line behind in fact we got there early because they opened at noon and we were both marveling at the fact that they make the uh castovers crank it by hand crank the uh the window by hand open and he's like you would have thought that they would have had a button by now <laughs> installed Please automate that. And man. I said, "No way, man! You got to keep those cast members strong." <laughs> 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 so we both chuckled at that. <laughs> but they cranked Need the to windows the open. Left. Yes, they cranked the windows open at noon, and then immediately they they told everybody they were out of uh, what were they out of turkey legs? Yeah, they were out of turkey legs. They're like no turkey leg, folks. <laughs> but uh, a line formed pretty quick. So they they do a uh, a loaded potato. Chives, bacon, sour cream, uh, cheese—all the things that you want. Pretty good for to share, you know.
1: That was like seven, eight bucks.
0: Like that. Yeah, like after my 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 discount, it was like seven bucks. But yeah, it was like an eight-dollar deal. Really good. Um, we saw. Then we took the
1: uh, huh? We took the magical train. Was, you did mention how it's sponsored by oh. <laughs> that's right sponsored by uh
0: dryers ice cream and not a single ice cream
1: item is offered there <laughs> that was awesome could least have like one free package option at least i agree i agree
0: something that represents dryers rather than just the name being up there but then from there we jumped on the train it, and-, and we took it to uh, new orleans square and for the first time Something I was completely unaware of and saw for the first time in my life. I just never looked that way. But you have to go... You have to get off the train, and then you have to go back onto the platform as if you're getting back onto the train. And if you look to your right... And it has to be like... I was looking... Trying to look over to to uh, Pirates of the Caribbean location. But you actually have to look to your immediate right. And up above the buildings... There's a small fire ship.
1: Yeah, you don't have you don't have to you don't have to take the train. You just walk up on the top of the stairs and look to your right, like towards where those baskets are and ours. Yeah, exit so that- and above. Yeah, the building we never seen it before. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that was really cool. Never seen that before.
0: Then we went into the bazaar and we checked out the. Uh, aladdin the the aladdin's genie lamp yeah. which uh two kids were in the process of making it work and they thought it was the lamest thing that was hilarious yeah,
1: it cost like 50 cents
0: that was awesome yeah.
1: <laughs> this is yeah. this is robbery yeah this is a, this is a scam <laughs> that was rad oh, yeah and that's right across from the jungle cruise the jungle cruise yes our... yes and so see
0: what do we do today jungle cruise on a mansion base mountain uh we we jumped over to why you missed our first one was matterhorn matterhorn big thunder then we went over and did roller coaster i mean that uh, the thing coaster i'm not saying any of these in order but we did that and then uh we, we rode the train we did pirates of the caribbean i mean it was like all, all my favorites we did um the Star Wars. The uh, Space Mountain. Oh, yeah. We did Millennium. Oh, so then that's where we met our new friends. So we went on Millennium Falcon Smugglers Run. Yes, Smugglers
1: Run. And we... I got uh, to be a pilot for the first time. Which, actually, that's yeah. what I wanted for you. I did pretty good. I, you did excellent. I was a little nervous.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. Like, when we were figuring out the... Uh, and the, the people that we that we met up... So what happened was I told Taylan. That I had discovered that there was this uh, hack that you could do on the the attraction where you could push a sequence of buttons and and do a certain thing that would turn Hondo's voice off and it would activate Chewbacca. And so, normally, when you're on that on the Malaya Falcon, Hondo is is giving instructions, but he's also chiding you on your performance. And uh, it's kind of annoying, but funny. But if you do this certain sequence and you need four of the people in the cabin to do it with you at the same time, then you activate Chewbacca mode and it turns Hondo up and then it's just Chewbacca growling instructions the entire time and it's awesome. So I've never been in that cabin where people were as, as excited as that group, which made the whole experience way better than, in my opinion,
1: than the attract. Like, normally the attractor to me is like a when we hear it. We all uh, and then we started fist bumping each other. That was rad.
0: <laughs> so it went from a a three and a half sombrero ride to a five sombrero ride because it's true. everybody was so happy and excited to be on it and be doing that. And uh, my wife got to be a pilot for the first time. I mean, how how many times have you ridden that attraction? Probably maybe two or three, four I think four. And every single time that you haven't been a pilot right so yeah so when we were picking out all and and again the people that we met up with who we told about this hack and they're like yeah we want to we want to write it with you they were four people yeah and yeah so yeah so together w- with us it made six which was a perfect amount of people that needed to be in the cabin together that's the math oh thank you i'm I'm pretty good and uh so yeah, they were like super excited. They were really like really nice. Two of them, at least two of them were Canadian, I think. Which, you know, Canadians just tend to be they tend to be really nice people, eh? And uh that's like Canadian, right say. Yeah. partial <laughs> <Marshall> barrel, right?
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> and uh so anyway, uh everybody when we were uh getting our assignments, all of them had gotten the chance to be a pilot before. So it allowed me to throw in my wife's uh, naming the you know, in the hat. We just got to the pick. They were super sweet. Yeah, they were super sweet, and they said, "Yeah, yeah, she could totally be a pilot, eh?" Okay. <laughs> and so then, uh, and they're awesome, by the way. And uh, so she got to be a pilot along with uh, the other uh, woman that was, on, you know, on the ride. It was like four guys, two girls. So they got to be the pilot. They even threw in a, an obligatory uh, uh, female driver joke. Which I appreciated. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> I got to be a gunner. And uh, oh, no, no, there was another woman. Sorry. So it was uh, three women total and three guys because I forgot the other lady of Lost tall. And uh, yeah, I, I thought we did uh, We did pretty good. It was fun. Yeah,
1: that was fun. And then we were trying to look for her when we got off the ride. That's... Oh, we had a good time. We, the cast member came in at the end. It uh, uh, was surprised to hear Chewie. Oh, yeah, that's right. When the door opened, it's like, oh.
0: And he's like, oh, you guys, you guys had Chewie? <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. And then we
1: got off. We were looking at the last pocket.
0: Yeah, we got off. And uh, one of the people that we were with started looking up. Because we started talking about like some of the things that we'd already uh, looked for. Easter eggs. The little Easter eggs. So then they looked an Easter egg up that they had remembered. And there was supposed to be, normally, there's a, a miniature Millennium Falcon that is attached to... The Millennium Falcon that is outside, but when we got out there, we discovered that either it had been stolen or they had just taken it off and replaced it with like this
1: this belt where it normally is supposed to be. So well, we, they booted it, but we couldn't find it. Yeah, we couldn't find it. Anywhere. It wasn't where the picture was that they had found no. before. And then we
0: ended up uh, talking for a little bit. We did a little interview with them, and right as we were leaving, Arttuviitu came out. So then that brought us all back. And I took a little short video art, too. And then from there, we parted ways. And then and we, we, uh you know, went on to yeah, and, there,
1: and then after we went to the other park.
0: Yeah, that's right. It's that's
1: what I... Yeah. So, um... And, uh... Wait, and you forgot to share the most important part of the day. What was the most important part of the day? Those delicious chicken sandwiches you I, ate. I was just getting to that. I was going to
0: say... So, so, a five... Sombrero for the uh for all the attractions that we got on and everything that we got to do, and you would say the uh the yeah the ciabatta chicken sandwiches that I made for us for our lunch, with it, which ended up turning into like as if we were sixty year old
1: people eating dinner <laughs> at like three in the afternoon.
0: <laughs> you would say what a sombrero rating? Well, my
1: bros, do we rate everything.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, they have some breaks. This is like, we, we have to break it all down. What, what if there's a, a three sombrero in there somewhere? You know, like, the people want to know. Uh, jungle, for you, the people. Jungle Cruise at night looks pretty cool. Oh, yeah, I enjoyed that. I, first time. I, I liked it. it. I, the cheesier the person who's doing the uh, the attraction, who's running the attraction, the better. True. And, and I think we had a, a real winner. I would have recorded him, as you suggested, but my phone was already dying. So I, which I was actually pretty shocked because the phone went as late as it went, you know. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Or we had, chargers. Now were portable <laughs> chargers—they both died. So that was a muck. Uh, that's a one sombrero right there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <We're> chargers. Portable <laughs> <We're> chargers are <laughs> <a> one sombrero. <laughs> oh, that's just like something happened. Yeah. Hey, dude, sir. Yeah. 2 year olds
0: I, I don't know name. I suspect it's it's the two-year-old that that hijacked both of them. I don't. Uh, that's just my my guess
1: yeah and it was but uh yeah there's funny pictures um
0: of- some really good funny pictures um you're a mother yes and not only are you a mother but you're a mother seven and so you have this tugging at your heart whereas we're in the park enjoying various things you're like oh the kids would enjoy this oh it'd be nice to have a kid me on the other hand, I was like, yeah, no children. This is awesome. In fact, for the first time ever, we also rented a uh oh locker. Five sobrellos on the locker. Seven bucks, pretty roomy. You know, if you don't get the uh the deluxe locker, which is only three dollars more, I highly recommend the lockers. That I, I thought that was great. Um, pro tip if you're over on the California Adventure side over at Grizzly River Run. They have lockers there as well that are free for two hours.
1: Up to two hours, yeah. Which is good if you're going to go on the ride and you don't want to get something wet. Uh, You still have to use your credit card. but To activate
0: um, it. And as long as you get to your locker before two hours, you don't get charged. Sometimes
1: that line is pretty long, so it might be close. That's
0: neat. But hey, yeah, that was a good tip. I didn't even know about that. So, and I never tried out the, the entire time that we've gone to the parts as a family. We always have a stroller, so the stroller acts as our mobile locker, (laughs) even though it's completely not safe, and anybody can swipe anything at any time, though people are really cool and and never do that. But
1: It was cool we found that um, we did that walkway by... Oh, yeah, right across from Haunted Haunted Mansion. Mansion, Like the Haunted Mansion exit. There's a
0: little shack that sells bread and there's a little walkway that also has a sit down area that directly faces
1: uh Tom Sawyer's Island. Which is there's in a path that leads out on the to the other side, like closer to uh, the restaurant wait up Oh yes, yeah. That's not what it is.
0: But- uh Hungry I think it I think it is hungry. Okay. i think it is a great bear
1: anyways that was it's just a cute little path and with was, with cool seating and like i love that one spot
0: yeah. yeah out of the way of seating cool cool little spot I could
1: see people coming off the,
0: uh, the, off the splash mountain
1: splash mountain ride yeah well, it, but part
0: oh, of the ride so be, yeah right, running through that's neat oh we did winnie the pooh with his oh, no own children <laughs> any adventures of Winnie the pooh yeah uh, um uh let me see what else yeah it was it was a, a great day easy to maneuver with no children the longest thing i think that we waited for was space mountain everything else we we got to test out something that normally we would never purchase but i gotta admit part part of it is because i still don't really understand it i haven't looked into it but we got the opportunity to try out lightning pass and because of lightning Pass lightning lane and because of lightning lane or it's it's the lightning pass i think it's called and then you go to the lightning lane oh okay and uh because we got to try that out we got to cherry pick which attractions we were going to go to and then we did the thing that we used to do before when we would get a fast pass is try to get on an attraction that was relatively short and then once we were done with that one go over and and do the fast pass in this case the lightning lane and that worked out really well like i said the The longest thing that we had to wait for was um, Space Mountain, which was really cool. And we talked about Space Mountain, like, well,
1: because we didn't have a lightning lane.
0: Yeah, that's why. But,
1: and we um, we didn't pay for any extra lightning lanes. No. uh,
0: It was complimentary uh, because I'm a catch number. So,
1: so no, I'm saying we did pay for, you know, you could pay, pay an extra $25.
0: For Rise of the Resistance. Rise
1: of the Resistance. Are we going to pay an extra 15, 10, 15, 15 for
0: Mickey's Runaway Train? Yeah.
1: Runaway Train.
0: Yeah, the brand spanking new one that is. Uh,
1: for it, California Adventure, it was the uh, Racer.
0: Oh, uh, yes.
1: Extra to do, lightning did for the Racer.
0: That's right. Which I didn't know that, that Toontown technically still not open. I thought it was already yeah. open, but. Technically, it doesn't open until next week. Oh, and you can't even go
1: on that ride without a Lightning Lane Pass right now.
0: Yeah. Now, I will say, we've done that attraction when we went to Florida. But I like the queue line in this one much better. So it, it's going to be a lot of fun to take the kids, you know, and, and all go together and, and walk through that queue line. I think you guys will really love it. It's Pretty neat. So, yeah, all in all, I mean, Caitlin did an insane amount of of workout like her her watch uh clocked her working out way 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 higher than anything i've ever done in my life <laughs> i think she did 197 minutes <laughs> of a workout <laughs> mine barely I, I barely broke even and got to my 30 minute workout that i <laughs> not a good sight that it logged that walk as a workout okay? uh, well <laughs> I mean you walked twelve miles today. I did. Uh, actually when it's all said and done, by the time we got to the car, I think you walked <laughs> I think you walked like fourteen miles <laughs> possibly. That's so, uh, that's a lot of walking. That that's a, all those all those calories that we consumed, we definitely used up today. For sure. But are you looking at the final count?
1: Twenty six thousand steps. Twenty six so how many miles? It was over. Twelve point fifteen i 12.15 my flights of stairs time look at that that's a you you earned your oreos you earned my five oreos you earned your
0: uh your dole whip, <laughs> yes, dole whip. <laughs> you earned hot chocolate your hot chocolate and your chicken sandwich <laughs> you earned it all
1: <laughs>
0: yeah the uh feels from oh what where's our family that's weird <laughs> we just got home and we don't well okay just because the car's not here doesn't mean i guess some of the kids aren't here but uh still pretty uh, pretty late what do you think boss am i am i there yeah so today i just want to say thank you for a wonderful day thank you for being on the podcast for the first time ever hopefully this is not the last time um Let's see if you remember this. This is how we'll say goodbye to you. And then I'll 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 finish the podcast, you know, later with a, a review of something else. But we saw Amsterdam. Do you remember that movie? Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what do you think? What w- would you recommend or not recommend?
1: Um, I don't know. I'm it's not... got
0: it's got the great uh Christian Bale. Yeah. It's got Margot Robbie. Mm-hmm. I, I really like your character a lot. And it's got Denzel Washington's son, who I can't remember his name right now, but I like him a lot. Yeah. I'll
1: be honest, I can't remember all the details, but... Period piece movie? Yeah, I like period piece movies. In fact, we... And I think they... I liked the play about characters and the development. Their differences. That was...
0: And it was loosely based on a true story. So that was pretty cool. Like a kind of a historical. And then we also saw Downton Abbey. The third one, another period piece movie. That's weird. I didn't like it as much as, as the first movie. I so, so here's the thing. I think they've they've slowly gone down in quality because they've slowly petered out of the storyline like we love those characters so for that reason we like the movie but they kind of their story ended really after the end of the series yeah. i think they reset everything they need to say and then uh i think that's it uh, We we saw a couple movies to catch up on we still have ant-man to catch up catch up on i I hope that I can bring you back on to get your thoughts on Ant-Man 3. I'm not I'm not committing you to uh, another podcast appearance, but thanks for joining me. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you for the invite. Yeah, anytime. Nice to be with you all.
0: <laughs> all right, folks. Uh, I'm going to let my wife go now, and I will uh, continue this on, on my own. Uh, I will come back in a minute. Talk to you guys soon.
1: Bye. <laughs>